Thank you, Serena, for that wonderful reading and quite a long one um, as well. Let's pray. Father God, we give thanks to you for your word. And we ask now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to hear the things that you want us to hear this evening. And help us to forget the things you want us to forget. For in your name we pray. Amen. At the turn of the year, we decided that come the evening service, we were going to focus in on Jesus. We were going to look at who really Jesus was and unpack who Jesus was. Looking along the way, perhaps, at some of the more unfamiliar passages that there are in the Bible to talk about Jesus. And that led all the way up to two weeks ago and Easter Sunday. But here's the thing. That series could well have finished there. But the problem is, the story of Jesus doesn't finish there. The story of Jesus goes on and on and on. It still goes on today. But it wasn't even the end of his earthly ministry. That will continue for another 50 days until he ascended up into heaven. And in those 50 days, some amazing things happened. Last week, we began looking at them, and we continue at it this week, and we'll do for the next few weeks as well, looking at the resurrected Christ and what he did following the resurrection. It's fair to say, though, that there is one day especially that stood out among those 50, and that was Easter Day itself, that first Easter Sunday. And... The events of this particular reading on the road to Emmaus took place on that day. And here's the thing about days. Every day is 24 hours, but some days are, well, busier than others. Sam and I were on a chat earlier about those cracking days where you basically get up when you want to and start the day when you feel like it. And they are brilliant. And if you have a few of those days in a row, those days feel like they can merge into one. Then you have other days. Days where you get up, maybe early in the morning, go to bed late at night. And when you go to bed, you can't believe that what you did in the morning was the same day. We've all had those days as well. Well, Easter Sunday was certainly one of those days. It is amazing to think how much that Jesus did. Kicking off early doors with an appearance, rising quite literally from the grave. Later on in the evening, appearing to the 11 disciples in the upper room. And here we get it in the middle of the day, cracking in a seven-mile trip to Emmaus as well. A seven-mile walk with these two men. This is all happening in one day. The resurrected Christ doing all these things in just one day and proving without doubt that he was truly risen. This particular story I find absolutely fascinating. And I find it fascinating for so many reasons. Not least the two blokes themselves and what they were doing on that journey. To start off with, when we read through this passage, we can see that these weren't no yippity yoys. 
they were quite well informed. They clearly knew Jesus. They clearly knew the story of Christ. And they'd even heard that Jesus had risen. It was the third day. He'd said he was going to rise. The women hadn't seen where the body was. Surely he would have risen. So what on earth were they doing getting out of town? Why didn't they wait in Jerusalem for Jesus to appear with the others? And also, how on earth did they manage to walk seven miles with him and not recognize who he was? Why on earth is that the case? Well, as for the first question, we can speculate. It could be they were utterly terrified and just wanted to get out of Dodge. They saw what had happened to Jesus. They saw how he was crucified. And let's just say Jerusalem wasn't a particularly safe place to be. The events of that last Holy Week, the events of Good Friday, had really stirred things up. And now with a rumour at least going around that Jesus has risen, the Romans were looking to get even. They'd even planted some story that a couple of guards fell asleep and Jesus' body was pinched. The PR moves were all out there. It wasn't a good place to be. So they were getting out of town, and who can blame them? But as for not recognizing Jesus, that really is a mystery. Because these lads were close to Jesus. Cleopas and his companion, who we don't know, weren't of the 11 disciples who were left, weren't of the 12 chosen apostles, but they were disciples who had followed Jesus. They'd seen him do the things that he does. They'd seen him talk. They'd seen him heal. They'd seen him deliver. They'd seen him do the business. They'd seen him close up, and they'd seen him be crucified as well. But here they were, with him, and not physically able to recognize who he was. How on earth could that be? Well, over the years, a number of theories have been put forward as to how that could be. Could it be that Jesus' resurrected form was so different and Jesus was able to transform himself that he was able to hide his true appearance from them? The fact that at the very end he just disappeared seems to suggest that could well be the case. Could it be that Jesus was still bearing the marks of the crucifixion. We certainly know that when he appeared to Thomas a little bit later on. And then Romans knew what they were doing with a hammer. Jesus would have been scarred. Maybe he was carrying those scars so much that they couldn't recognize who he was. Maybe it was grief. These guys loved Jesus. And even though perhaps they hoped that Jesus had risen from the grave, they weren't sure. They were caught up in grief, perhaps. And maybe that grief prevented Jesus from being recognized to them. As it stands, we don't know what was really going on. And I don't think that's a bad thing. There are certain things we'll never know while we're here on earth. Certain truths that we can look forward to when we get up into heaven. But for that, We'll just have to wait. But the important thing is, Jesus was walking with them on the road. They had a seven-mile one-to-one with Jesus, 
a walk of a few hours where Jesus explained the mysteries of faith to them. And how awesome would that have been? Awesome, but was it really needed? We heard in the reading how Jesus opened the scriptures to them and explained how he was the Messiah. At what point do you stop and think, how on earth didn't they know it? They'd been with Jesus for years. They'd seen him do all these amazing things. They'd seen him heal, cast out demons, etc. They'd experienced firsthand the power of Christ at work. But they didn't have it all. They didn't know it all. And in one sense, it does make sense why they wouldn't know it all. The New Testament hadn't been written by this point. The scriptures went totally open to them. But Jesus opened the scriptures to them. And then they understood. And it speaks a truth that is really important to each and every one of us here today. And each and every one of us who have lived since the time of Christ and those who will to come. And that is, the scriptures are really, really important. These guys had experienced Christ, but they didn't really know Christ because they didn't know the scriptures and what the scriptures said about him. And it prevents a challenge to us about our attitude to experience. There is nothing wrong with experiencing Christ. In fact, I'm going to go out and say it's a good thing. We want to have amazing times of worship where we feel Christ with us. We want to see healings happen. We want to see demons cast out. We want to see all the things that Jesus can do. But we also want to understand why it is that he does those things. And that comes from understanding the scriptures. That comes from understanding who Jesus truly is. Experience is wonderful, but it needs to go hand in hand with a scriptural understanding. A scriptural understanding is wonderful, but it needs to go hand in hand with a living experience of Christ. We can't separate one from the other. One is totally consumerist. The other is totally cold. But when the two come together, there is such amazing power in it all. And on that road, those two guys saw that power for the first time. And maybe for the age that we live in now, this principle is of ultimate fundamental value because the scriptures are being demoted and demoted and demoted. The scriptures aren't as popular as they once were. The scriptures aren't as keen as they once were. And in some ways, we can be dissuaded from looking, reading, understanding. But we need to do it. In the same way, we can be dissuaded from seeking a powerful experience of God. But we need to do it. We need to have the scriptures open to us. And we need to have the experience of Christ with us. 
We need to explain who Jesus is to people who are confused. Explain why Jesus does the things that he does. And that's what these guys got on that road. They got a lot more than they bargained for when they invited this stranger to walk with them. But here's another challenge. How many of us would be happy going on a seven-mile walk, inviting a complete random to come with us? A few years ago, quite a few years ago, I was having a walk in Cavartha Park in Merthyr, a wonderful place if you're ever in town, walking the dog. And this lad with a three-litre bottle of white lightning came on to me and said, can I walk with you for a bit? And I was so petrified, I said, yeah, go on then. And every time I tried to give him the shove, he kept saying, oh, can I just stay with you a bit longer? This was about 12 o'clock. Five o'clock, I ended up going home. And I was completely and utterly shaken by the whole experience of the day. The guy himself was lovely. He was wonderful, actually. But it was a terrifying moment. If I could have done anything to avoid that bloke, I would have done so. If I could have anything to get shot of him, I would have done so. If another friend of mine had turned around the corner and said, oh, I've got to go, I've, got, I've just seen somebody, I would have done so. But I was stuck with him. I saw him a week later and he didn't recognise me, but that's another story. The point is, these guys didn't do that. And think again, if Jesus really was defigured, if Jesus was carrying the scars of crucifixion, how many of us would want to walk with somebody like that? But they invited him along with them. For seven miles, a few hours, they walked with him. And then what did they do when they had a chance to get rid of him? They invited him in to eat with them. Jesus even mimicked going on just a little bit further. But he couldn't do it. They wanted to show him love. They wanted to show him hospitality. And they wanted to put in place the principles that Jesus himself had taught them about loving your neighbour, about loving the stranger. They wanted to do it. And it was there that Jesus made himself known. Where there is hospitality, where there is love, where there is a willingness to invite in a stranger, then there is Jesus. Jesus revealed himself in the breaking of bread. There's a throwback to just a few days before on the Last Supper, where Jesus broke bread again, explaining the mysteries of the crucifixion that we still mark in church right now. Here he was, breaking bread, and they saw who he was. That parallel is astonishing. One day Jesus is breaking bread and saying, do this in remembrance of me. A few days later, he's breaking bread and making himself known. When we are willing to be that loving as those two lads were, when we are willing to be as hospitable as those two lads were, when we are willing to welcome in the stranger as those lads were, 
when we are willing to do it for people who even look battered and bruised and without, as Jesus no doubt did, the Lord makes himself known. When we show love to one another, the Lord is there. When we show that hospitality to one another, the Lord is with us. When we show love, we do the work of God, and God is present. And when we love one another, Jesus is with us. If we love one another this evening, Jesus is with us now. Jesus is here now, making himself known through that act of love. Seven miles, those men walk with Jesus, and Jesus explained to them the mysteries of faith. This evening, what do you want to ask Jesus for? This evening, Jesus is here. What do you want to ask him to do? Think throughout the story of the Gospels. Think about those who approached Jesus with all their requests, some of the things that they wanted. Can you heal me? Can you heal my daughter? Can you cast out this demon? Can you hear me on this? Can you forgive me? Can you feed me? Can you give me a miracle? What this evening do you want to ask Jesus for? If we love each other, Jesus is here. Jesus is here as he was with those men in that room to Emmaus. What do we want to ask him for? He is listening. He wants to hear. Don't be scared this evening just to raise it to him. Bring it to him. Because the love that he has for us is so great. And those men knew that they were loved. After Jesus broke the bread, making himself known, he disappeared. What did they do next? They scarpered back to Jerusalem to tell the others about what had happened. And I adore that image. This was a round journey of 14 miles which in one sense was completely pointless. They ended the day in the place where they'd began. But on this pointless journey, so much had happened. They'd heard the scriptures, read to them, they'd had faith explained to them. They met with Jesus himself, and they were so moved, so motivated, so incredibly inspired by it all, they just had to get back and tell everyone else. There was a reason why they were in Emmaus, staying overnight. The roads were probably dangerous, but they didn't care. They didn't care that they were tired after the journey. They just wanted to get and tell. And that is such a wonderful place to be in. This evening, I've basically began by saying how knackered I am this evening and how much I didn't want to be here. But then another memory came into my head. And that was the first memory I have of truly acknowledging the faith that I have in Christ. And I was about 17 years old, and I was on my way to FE College in Aberdeen, South Wales, on the bus from Merthyr 
to Aberdeen, going through a village called Hirwine and Penwine, where it actually ended up being a vicar. And just something striking me, looking out the window and going, I don't understand why no one else gets it. Looking out the window and being so full of joy and excitement because I realised that I knew who Jesus was, that I couldn't contain it. Looking out the window and banging my feet, I was so overwrought with emotion of the love of God and so inspired that I just wanted to tell everyone. And I ran off the bus and I ran into FE College and I started telling everyone about Jesus. They all thought I was a complete and utter nutter, but I didn't care because the love of Christ within me was so powerful. We've got our own stories, perhaps, where we have felt that way, where the love of Christ is so much in us that it fills us with sheer excitement. Maybe we've had it in church during a time of worship. Maybe we've had it when we've come to faith. Maybe we've had it in some other time. But these lads had it, and they were so inspired, they just had to tell. What a wonderful place to be, that you're so inspired that you've just got to tell. You've just got to tell someone. You're so inspired that you've just got to tell the world this amazing thing has happened. That is the best place to be. And the whole season of Easter, including Easter Sunday, should be our motivation, our reminder to go out and do just the same. To go out and say, yes, it is true. Jesus is risen. Yes, I've experienced him. Yes, I know he is real. Yes, I know he was with me. And as he loves me, so he loves you too. And that isn't just an inspiration. That is a call. That is a challenge on each and every one of us to go out and tell. Like Cleopas and like his companion, to go out and tell that Jesus truly is risen. Jesus is risen, people. Alleluia. Let us celebrate it. Let us rejoice in it. Let us tell the world about it. And let's pray. And I wonder if this evening you'd like to just stand to pray if you're able. And Father God, we give thanks for this story. We give thanks for how you appeared on the road to Emmaus. We give thanks of how you appeared to Cleopas and his companion. And Lord, we give thanks that as you appear to them, so you appear to us this evening. And I just feel urged to say now, in just the quiet of our hearts where we are, to bring to Jesus what it is we want to bring to him. What do we want to say to Jesus today? Is it words of thanks? Is it words of request? Is it intercession for the world? Is it something for us? Is it something for our family, our friends? 
What do we want of the Lord today? Let's not be scared to ask of him because he loves us so much. Let's not be scared to seek him because he is here. Lord God, we do pray now that you would hear us as we come before you. And we pray that we would feel your presence with us this evening. And we pray that we would feel your presence with us, not just this evening, but where we go in these days ahead. We pray that you would feel us with us in whatever we do. And whatever tasks we do, be it mundane or super, we pray that we would feel you with us. And I pray that peace would overcome us as well. And where we are fearful, perhaps as Cleopas and his companion were at the beginning of the story, seeking to flee the trouble, you would pour peace upon us. We pray that that peace would fall upon us now. And I pray, Lord, that as there was a big turn around and they were running to willing to run to tell the tale that you had risen that you would motivate us to do the same may we know truly in our hearts that you are alive may we know truly in our hearts that you are with us and Lord may we be willing to go out and tell tell in our words and tell in our actions that Jesus truly is alive Lord, come to us now this evening, we pray. And Lord, I pray for just a fantastic week. I pray that in work, in leisure, in all the tasks that we have to do, we would feel the blessing of your presence upon us this week. And whatever we are carrying, it would all be put into perspective because of you. So come to us now, we pray. And fill us with your spirit. For in your name we pray. Amen.